0: you are listening to at home the podcast with walkie mc each week our team at wakarusa missionary church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond thanks for listening and enjoy the show and welcome to season two episode five of at home the podcast with walkie mc we are continuing on in our misquoted series, as we follow along with uh, our current ser- sermon series, Sunday sermon series, that we are sharing uh, from Walker Missionary Church. So, uh, hi, I'm Joel, next to me, Angie. Hi, Angie. Hi, Joel. Hi, Chris. Hello, everybody. Hey, we are just excited to uh, continue to dive deep into, into God's word, um, talking about these uh, scriptures. Uh, Chris is we've really been dismantling a lot of these uh a lot of these scriptures I I've uh, basically ruining ruining all of my favorite Bible verses uh <laughs> i'm I'm having to take signs down uh out of my house that I you know, these nice Bible scriptures and just having to completely rethink everything so Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. <laughs> you are welcome. Yeah. No. New, uh,
1: new hashtags. Yeah, new. All
0: that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: we're two you just wait
0: three.
2: Easter's around the corner. I'm we're, coming for the Easter bunny.
0: That's right. That's right. Or <laughs> <laughs> two or three are gathered. Um, so, anyway, uh, but honestly, it's been a really, I think, a, a, a profitable discussion. want to also just thank so many of you that have just given your positive feedback, encouragement as we've continued on these conversations. We do want these conversations to be helpful, we want them to be a tool and be useful. Um, because we think that when um, Jesus community comes around God's word together and discusses it and 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 peels back the layers, that good things happen. And, yes, and uh, we can live it out. We can we can apply it rightly, and so that's uh, that's the point. So, Chris, here we are with week five. Um, this is uh, again he's sitting on the he's sitting on the heavy ones, and uh, this this one in particular, um, boy. I've heard also used many a time in various situations. Seems like when the cons- the situations where it's convenient, um, where someone is making maybe a judgment call, is discerning uh, about something and, and is claiming uh, claiming certain facts or certain
2: realities and there's a hard pushback. So Chris, you you tell us, let's set this up. Absolutely. So this week's verse was found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, and uh, it's often quoted a little bit different than we see in Scripture. It's quoted as this, judge not lest you be judged. Uh, The New Living Translation says, do not judge others and you will not be judged. And so actually this this phrase is one of the more quoted or searched uh, verses on Google. And I thought it was really interesting because people are like, I know it's in there somewhere, you know, yeah. uh, that the Bible is telling people, stop judging me. Uh, an interesting survey I saw done a few years ago, and I can't tell you where I saw it. It just, I just remember it so vividly, and I spoke on it before, uh, it was done by a secular company who went to secular college campuses, and they said this to, to college students back 20, 25 years ago. Can you quote one Bible verse? Uh, and the college campuses 20, 25 years ago, the number one verse that was quoted was John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. And it was something I'm sure that they had ingrained in them growing up in a Sunday school verse that everybody learned when they came as a kid to Sunday school. So they did this study again recently, some 20 years later on secular college campuses, and they asked students, can you quote one Bible verse? The number one verse that was quoted was Matthew 7, 1. They didn't know where it was from, they just said, I know the Bible somewhere says, do Do not judge, lest you be judged. And I thought that was a very fascinating thing to see how our culture has actually shifted. Judge not, lest you be judged. And Joel, you just said it in in the intro there. I think a lot of people use it as saying, hey, hang on a second. I don't like where you're going with this. Don't hold me accountable for my actions. Who are you to judge? You got issues too.
0: Right. And so it's sort of a, it's a kind of a trump card, I think, just to kind of dispel, to to hold allegedly hold Christians to their own theology, right? Hey, you Christians, you're Jesus says don't judge. That's that's the call. Paul says don't judge. Don't be a bunch of judgy McJudgersons. <laughs> uh, knock it off. Uh, and so uh, the the person responding this way might be might be feeling like hey, they're they're just sort of uh, pointing out a hypocrisy of a Christian or sort of putting up a mirror to the individual to say listen. Uh, what you're doing is is not fair. And it, as you also said, it might also be to sort of uh, redirect the heat a little bit from any sort of uh, conviction that they might feel. So yeah. what's our,
2: what's our alternative? Well, 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 actually, unfortunately, they're probably true because Christians have become known for judging everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so they are probably saying, well, you've given me a lot of reason mm-hmm. to say, hang on a second there, sister. Hang mm-hmm. on a second there, brother. Stop it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah and and I'm I'm just I'm always just so interested by the the shift that you've mentioned where you know the Bible verse that we used to know was uh, just uh, this you know kind of culturally was this foundational like uh so John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he sent like a central gospel yeah. you know a central gospel message like that was the thing that was the popular thing and now and now it's, it says something, it just says something maybe about us as a church. Now the now the key text is like, uh, hey, uh, calm down, Mr. Religious Person.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Well, I think it's also our culture. They want to justify their actions. We want to all say, hey, this is what I want to be. This is what I want to do. But Jesus isn't saying that here. <laughs> yeah.
2: Isn't that true? And see, that, that's where this is a little bit of a tangent from this, this deal, but you, you mentioned it here. Everybody has their version of truth and nobody wants to be told that they're wrong today. And and I think it's very fascinating when we look at what Jesus said. When Jesus was asked, "Why did you come?" I mean, Jesus gave us an answer and a lot of us would say he came to save us, you know, and came to provide eternity for those who would follow him. Very true, very true. But when Jesus is standing before Pilate and he says, "For this reason I came," I came to do what? To testify to the truth. And so if Jesus is calling something truth, then we, in my opinion, as followers of Jesus, definitely, we have to ask the question, what was Jesus's idea of what truth was? I then lose the right to identify whatever I feel truth is. If Jesus called it true or if he called it false, then I would say that's the authority on it. And we're not making judgments. We're just measuring against what Jesus has already said. And we can't
1: justify any of our actions. We have to go to what Jesus said and what he calls out. And I think that's where we have to look at where this is coming from. Is this Paul writing? No. Who's writing this in Matthew? This is one of the best, richest part of Jesus's ministry it's the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, you're speaking my language, Andy. Yeah. And, and if we don't go, if if as a believer, if you want to go anywhere and study what Jesus says to live out to be um, as a Christian, it's in the Sermon on the Mount. And this is this yeah. is center right in the middle of it.
0: Yeah, and I would even say, like, there is. So, if the whole world you know what I'm, I'm i don't want to make a too bold of a claim but if if we if everyone could just know if the whole world could just know the sermon on the mount if we could just start there i don't think anybody's going to argue with me the world would be just a fundamentally better 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 place so again we've been talking about this there is just ground line baseline wisdom that's sure. here and then for those people that are in christ to follow these things that he is putting out in 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 full obedience, Man, it can unlock a lot of it can unlock a lot of things.
1: Right, but he is speaking to the believer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right,
1: to live that out—that's what I, I think. The Sermon on the Mount is a sermon, right, Chris? You like to preach sermons, and where do you you preach them to? The church choir, right? Sometimes.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we have to definitely look at the context. It is the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus is raising the bar. In a lot of ways, to the followers who are listening to him. Uh, I, I even pointed out on the Sunday that I spoke on this topic. Uh, if you look in Matthew chapter five, you'll see him listing all kinds of different things. Hey, you've heard it said, don't murder. And people are like, whew, yeah, I didn't do that. And he says, hey, no, hang on a second, but I say, something different. Hey, yep. if, you, if, you, if you act out in anger, I mean, it's like you've committed that. Uh, adultery. <laughs> you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, woo, yeah, pass that test. See, I'm doing pretty good. And he says, no, hang on a second, but I say something different. I say, if you look at a woman lustful, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And people are like, oh, got me.
0: Dang, <laughs> <stink."
2: laughs> Man, you're all over that. So this idea of, of where this falls in the Sermon on the Mount, People have said, see, Jesus is saying don't judge people. You can't make judgment calls on Jesus. But when somebody says that, I have to ask the question, do you really know Jesus? Because if you look in the Scriptures— Jesus makes a lot of judgment calls, and he actually calls us. I mean, he uses words like, hey, test this. Hey, make sure, inspect this. Make sure that this is done. Evaluate this. Analyze this. He even uses the word judge this. And for somebody who says... You know, look, it, it says right there, Matthew 7, 1, do not judge lest you be judged. Hasn't even read the continuation of the verses that follow. So for the setting of the stage for the rest mm-hmm. of this conversation, give me just a second, if you will, to read this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, do not judge others and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye? when you have a log in your own. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, he says at the beginning of uh, chapter 7, verse 5. And I think it's interesting. He could have just buttoned this whole thing up right there and just reiterated the fact, see, stop judging people. But that's not what he says. He says to them, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to do what? To deal with or to judge or to handle that speck in your friend's eye. So again, he's just saying, get the priority, get the order right. You deal with your own stuff. But he never says, don't judge others. He's in essence saying, hey, fix that. And then he gives permission, help hold each other accountable. Yeah, and... And the
0: uh, so oftentimes the assumption is that if we are to make a quote unquote, a judgment call, if we we're to discern something, if we we're to call something right or to call something wrong or or whatever, that that inextricably linked to that, necessarily linked to that judgment call is also a self-righteousness that is coming along with it. So it's it's not only am I saying, hey, I'm concerned about this. I don't think this is the way that I don't think this is right. I don't think this is correct. This is maybe a life change that needs to happen here. There is the assumption that I am elevating myself over that other person in, in judgment, in the negative sense of the word I, that I'm, I'm also, I'm distancing, relationally distancing myself and giving superiority, like moral superiority to myself and making that decision. Now, does that happen? Yes, absolutely it happens. It does happen. People do relate to other people that way, but it's not necessary that it's happening. It, it might be that someone, and I think it's possible if we are approaching someone um, and making and making a judgment call, making discernments, whatever it might be, it is also possible that we are doing so in faith because we want to be for the cause of truth, and, 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 and we are dedicated to... To truth we, we we brought it up uh, previously uh you know what is John's gospel says that Christ came in both full of grace and truth that both of those things can be together that's our example in Christ that both of those both of those things can occur at the same time in the same place and so uh it's yes there can be a dysfunctional side but there can also be a Christ-centered side when it comes to how we are entering into, you know, judgment conversations.
1: Well, Joel, we see the dysfunctional side right in the scripture. They're called Pharisees. And um I think oftentimes we look at them and we say they, you know, they were so bad. We don't actually say, well, Would I be a Pharisee if I did that? You know, am I being that way? And here, I think you pointed this out, and I think this is really important. The Pharisees were not known for offering help to people. This scripture isn't something that is saying, oh, go take your brother out and, (laughs) you know, do it in and just take it out and, and finish him. And no, it's saying, help your brother see the sin. And first of all, deal with the sin in your own heart before you even go to that person. Pharisees weren't people that were help, helpful to do that. They all they just said, you know, this is how it is. The Pharisees were not known for pointing out people's sin in love with the restoration in mind. They, they weren't they were dividing. They were actually creating conflict rather than uh, uh, restoring it. And the Pharisees were known for pointing out the smallest of people's problems in order to make themselves what look better. So
0: I think about, I think man, it's been the image has been in my head uh, where there is the, there is the accusation when Jesus and his disciples, they're on the Sabbath, they're on the Sabbath, they're walking through a grain field and the disciples, because they're hungry are picking off. I mean, if this gives you any sense, they're picking off the heads of grain and, and eating them and the Pharisees see it and they go, it's unlawful to labor on the Sabbath. Now, that that sounds extreme, but that posture of heart it, it can exist within any of us. And and the the problem is, and this is where Jesus, you know, Jesus has all these hard these hard words to religious people. And and by the way, Jesus's most extreme words are to religious people. So for those of us that are follow, or Jesus followers that are in the in the church, I that's what I, I want us to hear. Beware. Beware of the of the dark side of judgment. Like, absolutely, beware of that. That that will it will callous your heart. It will make you um, absent to people in their time of need. That, that, that is a dan- that's a dangerous place. The Pharisees, the accusation that's made against them is: Listen, you you load up heavy burdens on people, and then don't even lift a finger to help them. So now these people are under, and this is the difference they are under a load of judgment from which they cannot escape that will kill them that will that will spiritually deaden them and Jesus's call is there's but there's other there's other kind of judgments that can be made that will free people that will point out where where evil sin and darkness lie will free them from it um both objectively and subjectively and offers them a new life a life of the, a life of the kingdom and so that's what like it's not an it's like a it's not an either or it's a what is the spirit behind it what is the intention do you have a vision for a person's restoration or do you have a vision for a person's utter defeat utter moral ethical spiritual defeat and that you're able to walk away justified uh, Jesus also tells the the parable of there are two men that go to the temple. One says, "Lord, I thank you that I thank you that I'm not like that. You know, I'm not like these other men." Da da da. The other man comes can't even lift his head to to look up toward the heavens. Right? And says, "God, have forgive me." And and what did Jesus said? I tell you, that man was the one justified. So it's like uh, both (laughs) both made both made judgments. One was one was from the was from darkness and the other the other was from light. So I think it's just really just well, to kind of go I along with what I think. though,
1: what you're saying, Joel, is that we're all called to self-evaluate. Yeah. And that's the call that Jesus is saying. Self-evaluate your your own heart. This is a heart issue. It's not necessarily we're we're not talking about something that you're going into, yes, we're gonna keep people from harm and pain you know, the like real physical harm here. This is saying You know, look at yourself, evaluate your heart. Are you a little, do you have that little Phariseeism in you? You know, do you have issues? And what is it? Are you judging others? Does it improve your self-image? Does it, what? It kind of feels good sometimes when you look a little better than somebody else. And isn't it nice to just say to somebody, Oh, man, we need to pray for this person <laughs> and bring a couple more people in before you even yep. talk to the person. I think we all have these, these little idiosyncrasies, is that the right word, Chris, that kind of lean towards a little bit of what Jesus is calling sin?
2: yeah I'm just glad that the Pharisees died out back <laughs> no. in the first century sure. yeah. Thank yeah thank you Lord <laughs> because I can't imagine them being around today. No. that would be just brutal, yeah yeah, absolutely you guys it's a hard issue it's a hard issue. I mean, I think when I wrestled the most with this sermon is, are there ways that we shouldn't judge? yeah, are there ways that we should judge, yeah it's not like a definite. I remember at some point in the sermon I stopped and said, so, so should Christians judge? I mean, it's really the question. And, and the big answer is, well, it really depends. It depends on the nature of your heart. It depends on what your, your goal is. Why are you judging? What are you judging? I mean, there's, there's unhealthy ways of doing this. And I think the Pharisees were known as condemning. They were condemning everything. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the New Testament very often points to the fact that they evaluate this, analyze this, search yourself, uh, search me, oh Lord, yeah. and know my ways. Yeah. And, and, and that others should have the ability to go, I see this in you. I'm not, uh, this isn't healthy what I'm, what I'm, what I'm observing
0: before the show, uh, before we started recording here tonight, we were we had a discussion around First Corinthians 5 12 to thirteen, Paul's words specifically as he's writing to Corinth on this topic of judging and the fact that there are there are different. I think it ties in with: are there wrong ways of judging? Yes. Are there right ways of judging? Yes. um You know, Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, says. Uh, it's just like shocking goes, what businesses, what business is it of mine? And I'm in the NIV here. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside, expel the wicked person from among you. And I go, I go, Oh, here we, here, here we go again. There's a discernment to be made between um, like Paul says, don't don't think for a second that I don't I don't also make mm-hmm. particular moral, ethical, spiritual judgments based upon if a person calls Christ, you know, their their savior and lord. Okay, um, but the people that are outside of the church that do not have that claim that are not filled with the Holy Spirit, um, what does Paul say? You he go, hey, you leave the judging of those people to God. Um, and I just, if, if I can just in my, and I will just be f- full honest here, guys, I, I, I'm probably, I'm the only one in the room that, that is this way. So I'm just, I'm the only one here listening right now that is this way. So I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not sure that I, uh, that my judgments really follow this first Corinthians five, uh, <laughs> 12 through 13 model. Um, I think I'm regularly tempted, if I'm really honest, to judge the rest of the world the same way that I would judge, would make judgments or would make
2: discernments about people inside the church. So let's talk about that for just a second, because I do think that's a very prevalent situation today. The church has become hypersensitive, and when I say the church, I'm speaking of followers of Jesus, have become very hypersensitive of how the world acts. Guys, and I don't—you Maybe you just said maybe you're the only one. Maybe I'm the only one that really stops to think. Like, we get this idea that our world is way worse than it ever has been in all of history. Listen— People were sacrificing children. People were, and and you could say, well, they're doing abortion today. Absolutely right. Uh, you could say all of these different things. Immorality has been an issue for the world history. Uh, you know, violence has been an issue for world history. These are all the things. And we act as though we're living in a generation that is the worst has ever been. And so we look at Hollywood and we look at the world and we make judgments against them. And you know what? It's okay to be able to say this isn't right and we need to take stands. I'm not suggesting that's the case but we act as though that we've never seen anything like this in our world before And reality is that's just not true so we make judgments against them but we turn our eyes like you were saying away from the issues that we have and all we want to do is poke at everybody else who actually has no uh, they do not share the same moral foundation uh, that we do as followers of jesus
0: do you think it's fair i mean the question i ask is because you this is in our original text like the church collectively, if the church took on this like, hey church, what's the log in your eye? And let's maybe let's maybe deal with the collective the collective church log <laughs> in the in the church eye, uh, before we are so quick to see the specs in other in, in other areas. And and it's like and I can just go, guys, we're the ones with Jesus. We're the ones that have like the that are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Right, like, like it should
2: be different for us. So this is a discipleship issue. I mean, in so many ways, it goes back to it. And the way you just set it up just teed me up to my favorite topic. Come which on is now, discipleship. <laughs> Come on. We have allowed ourselves to have a head knowledge of who Jesus is, but we've not allowed Him to fully transform our heart. And I think that's the issue. We don't look at these situations with humility and grace. We only look at it through black and white. Problems that people who have not had that transformation have not yet dealt with.
1: Well, I'm going to say it again, though. We've gotten soft because if we go back a little bit, how do Coach Angie? By the way, you guys are soft. How do we pray, Chris? What is the words that go back in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says we have to? It's not that we're making a call on somebody else's sin. What is Jesus saying? Confess your own sin. Repent. And I think when you're saying, Joel, when you're saying we're not looking at our log, um, we're not even realizing there's a log. What log? There's not there because we have taken out this whole idea of confession and repentance because, man, that hurts a little bit. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I'm only pointing that out because that's one of the main things that Jesus tells us to do. And that's that log that we have to do. That's confession. That's repentance. It's it's speaking it. It's it's dealing with the heart issues and pray and I think we often say, Oh Lord, forgive me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Christians Christians I think and from these I I just for people that are followers of Jesus, when I look at these texts, it's like we should be some of them we should be a self aware
2: people.
1: It is, but it leads us into this perfect example that Pastor Chris gave us in the sermon. Well, I think go ahead, which is David and Nathan, yeah, because absolutely. I think it was it it was a, there was the confrontation that he told the story. But David's response wasn't just – Yeah, David,
2: know. at the sin of Bathsheba and the baby and all that kind of stuff, Uriah being killed, when Nathan tells him that awesome story yeah. and it just gets David all riled up. And then he says, hey – You're the man. You are that man. I'd, man. I'd, love, yeah, I'd love to have been there like, <laughs> you are that man. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's like, no – Right. He had the ability to do a couple of things. Hey, who are you to judge me? Listen, I'm in authority over you. I could have you killed. But his response was confession. So, hey, let's bring this conversation as we start to close back into the church. All right, for a second. Uh, When it comes to judging, uh, let's use the word accountability. The problem that I see in the church today is there's limited accountability. Uh, We act even inside the churches. Hey, who are you to tell me, you know, that that I've done something wrong? I think if we would approach our relationship with Christ with humility— And approach others with humility, um, we would be different for it. We would, I think there's an obstacle to spiritual maturity when we're not willing to listen to what others are seeing. I don't like it when somebody confronts me and says, "Chris, you shouldn't have said that, or you shouldn't have done that, or in this meeting I, I felt like your attitude was like this." Or, I, I need people to see to to show me things that I may not even realize I've done. I had somebody back; uh, it's been a number of years ago. I was at a I was speaking at an event, and, and to understand me is to understand probably the one thing I struggle with the most is confidence uh, I, I, I'm like, who am I to share? Like, I'm not the greatest speaker. I'm not, I'm not the most versed person. You know, I'm just i I'm just the average Joe. And as I was getting ready, uh, I was just kind of walking around meeting people before an event. And somebody said to me, Hey, I just, uh, <laughs> they said, my wife thinks you're the most arrogant person that she knows. And I'm like, holy First of all, thank you. Way to warm up. <laughs> right? yeah. Way to warm up. Yeah. Yep. And then I was like, whoa. You know, uh, My reaction was, I said, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, if I've done something to feel that, to make her feel that way, I have no idea what I've done. I mean, I didn't really even know the person, uh, and so I was really baffled by it, but I had to go speak. And the whole time I'm just thinking, what have I done? But you know what? At the same point, I could have just been like, idiot. You know, like who's this person? (laughs) Yeah, you don't have a clue what you're talking about. But I really searched myself and really was trying to figure out. I went home and asked Shauna, uh, do you sense, like am I doing something that makes me come off as arrogant because I want to know it because that is not my heart. And I think that's the searching idea. If we would come across uh Life and approach life with humility and even others inside the church, I think we would be the better for it because we all need somebody to point out areas.
1: Well, I think, um, Chris, we've talked about this word um, before, and it's called forbearing. And I think oftentimes that's something that is an action towards others that we actually have conflict with a little bit, which is somebody maybe coming to us And saying, you know, this isn't quite right. You got this wrong. And I think um, forbearing means we don't react.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes the most loving thing we can do for somebody is to, in essence, make an evaluation or assessment. Uh, You could say a judgment, if you will. But how we go about doing that is really critical. We as parents do that regularly. We look at our kids and we go, hey, hang on a second. I want to correct this behavior now so that you don't grow into adulthood with that same behavior. We're making judgments. And I think the body of Christ would be the better if we would be able to in humility approach each other
1: and help. Mm-hmm. I think you finished, too, is that when we come and we are accountable to each other and we confess what we need to change in our lives, there's restitution. Why did Jesus die on the cross? I mean, we can't sell his sacrifice short because he was actually there to restore our relationship with with Christ, God, the Father,
2: So in our last podcast when we were talking about where two or three are gathered and realized that was dealing with conflict resolution where you go one-to-one, and then you bring in two or three, and then you go larger to the church, and then you act like a tax collector or a pagan towards somebody, what would be different if we had an attitude of humility and somebody came to us and said, I see where this is broken? We would be able to resolve that conflict at the one-on-one level because we would say, oh, my word, I I am sorry— I didn't intend that. Thank you for pointing that out to me. I now have the ability to go, and if you see that in me anymore, would you continue to point it out? I'm going to go to work on that. What I mean, it, these two sections of Scripture, in so many ways, they, they marry with each other because it's a heart issue. There's
0: nothing better than when people come together for the sake of truth and for the sake of peace and reconciliation, um, and I just think— I think of a conversation I had not too long ago with with someone who who was approaching me for that for that reason, and I I just thought to myself, I'm like, how refreshing, how refreshing this is because we've all had our we've all had our share of those kind of conversations that were not helpful or were not brought uh, in a spirit of of, of truth seeking in the spirit of, of of looking to restore things. Um, so that's our that's our challenge. That's our challenge, friends. Uh, be on mission. Be on mission with your with, with your with your judgments, with your discernment. Uh, what is the end goal in mind? And I think before we approach anybody, I think that's a really great thing to prayerfully consider. What are we What are we aiming for? What are we searching for in our in our conversations with people as we're coming alongside of them uh, in, in love, uh, speaking grace and truth to them. And so uh, we just hope uh, that as you uh, reflect on this uh, this discussion, as you continue to dig into God's word, that, um, yeah, that you would be growing in these areas uh, just as we are. Uh, what, a, what a treasure it is to, to share this conversation with you guys. So, Angie, Chris, thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. Uh, until next time, friends, we uh, just look forward to joining you again as we continue on in our Misquoted series. So grace and peace to each of you. At Home, the podcast is produced by Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting wakymc.org. That's w-a-k-y-m-c dot From there, you can click on the At Home tab for more information. Thanks for listening.